Hi, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Enlightened Conversations. Each week, we invite guests to share their views on the world, work, and their personal lives in an enlightened way. Our hosts have been chosen especially to role model just how we do an enlightened conversation. This episode is produced by Michelle Lightworker and sponsored by the Lightworker Foundation. Welcome everyone to our show Enlightened Conversations. I'm Tammy Pike, your host from Earth Radiance, and I am connecting with Natalie Martinet, who is an amazing intuitive woman who has been instrumental for me in following her on different um, Facebook pages and listening to her beautiful intuitive messages as well as her really grounded messages as well. Uh, Natalie received a PhD in developmental biology from the University of Toronto, followed by a postdoctoral studies in cancer research at the Peter McCallum Cancer Centre. Realising that her intuitive capabilities were better suited to helping people directly, she underwent further personal development and professional development in health communication, Ignite Your Spirit Therapy, Group Facilitation, Meditation, Dispute Resolution and Relationship Healing, Meditation and Spiritual Training as an initiative at Shanti Mission. Natalie mentors people to navigate the complexities of life, relationships, practice, and existence through consciousness. She also, sorry, through consciousness expanding and healing techniques. She bridges scientific theory with spiritual practices to create enriching, transformative learning and healing experiences in a compassionate, grounded and lighthearted way. When I read that, and that's why I just kept looking at the words, what you've done is amazing. And the journey, I guess, is one of inspiration. And I'd love um, to welcome you to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for being Thank here you. and connecting today. Thank you. And so great to be here. Thank you. My pleasure. <laughs> and I'd love to ask you, Natalie, you know, how did you get here? How did you get to this point in life? Very good question, because I think... I was brought up believing that I had to kind of go for it. You know, you go for things that you want, that you believe or people tell you to believe will be beneficial. It's where you're heading. And then at some stage, there's like a surrender point where if you don't surrender, life just keeps going downhill for me. That's what it felt like. So it was just like, I either continue doing this or I just leave it behind and do whatever else, which at the time I didn't know what that was. So you go through this pushing, pushing to to wanting to be pulled instead into where you need to be or where you need to go. And it requires a bit of that surrender and letting go. And it's an ongoing process and it's not very comfortable because you want to know where you're going next. You want to (laughs) know what that looks like because we all have goals. So that's a bit of an abstract answer, but I think that's the easiest way for me to put it, going from pushing to being pulled. Definitely. Oh, it's that, much nicer, more graceful. <laughs> yeah. And it's not so stressful, is it? It's more that flow and ease without your, within your life and you find that joy and that contentment in what you're doing rather than going, I need to do all this, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. 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 And... Um, it was tough because I was a scientist before and then I put a, a 
lot of my identity and beliefs and success in that avenue. And when it wasn't turning out the way I wanted or the way that felt like it was fulfilling me, I didn't feel fulfilled that it just became like a soul sucking experience continuing in that place or in that, on that avenue. So I had to just go, well, um, I need to leave, but I can't do it suddenly. I have to plan that out. But it's interesting planning when you don't know what it's going to look like on the other side because I didn't know what I was planning for. And so it was this, you know, the end. I just couldn't, I didn't have the energy anymore and I just left and then went through depression, awoke as a healer, I guess. (laughs) And then, you know, I still ended up in academic settings, but it was to do something completely different like health communication. And there was still like a pushing from my end of, I need to make something of this. I could still fulfill some uh, status. But as I was going along in my spiritual training, development, healing, learning, it just wasn't congruent anymore. I just couldn't get away with pushing. I would be really pushed back in a way that I wasn't before. Mm-hmm. So you just, I just had to learn. Like at some stage, you can't get away with things that you did before. And you have to allow yourself to be pulled to where you need to be. And it is, it is less energy required. Um, but it does require a lot of patience because when we push, we're doing it at a certain pace. We have an expectation of what we're going to get on the other end of it as an outcome and how long that should take when you're being pulled, it's not up to you. And so it's an opportunity to cultivate lots of virtues like patience or commitment and perseverance and tenacity, um, which hasn't been my greatest assets until I had to discover, wow, I have work to do in these areas. So um, it's just different, but it feels more rewarding to me. It's such an amazing journey, especially come, you come from a very, you know, analytical and mind, you know, thinking and knowing and, you know, all of that really theoretical side of things. What enabled you to connect to this other side? Was it your intuition? Was it your gut instincts? What was it was saying, this is not okay anymore? You know, and what was guiding you to make those changes and to choose the things that you did? Yeah, so it was gradual. It wasn't like a moment in time, but there were a few warnings throughout my journey when I moved to Australia, especially, and I started in more of a medical research environment. I moved here already pregnant with my first daughter, And so that already changed me. Just, you know, having children, that already changes your priorities. You have a plan. Children come. Oh, they're going to fit into that plan. No, they won't. You're going to have to adjust the plan. (laughs) And so I was already, like, disillusioned on day one. Like, what am I doing here? Um, But moving to Australia, that was, like, totally intuitive. That wasn't something I planned out in my life. I ended up meeting my husband, who is Australian, online. So looking online to begin with was a whole other thing while I was in Canada and he was in, here in Australia. So it was like, you know, I just kind of follow my desire and we can call that intuition, but it's like where the desire can be the path. It's not the end point. Maybe the end point for me was like, I want to meet my soulmate, but it was the desire that led me down a whole other path that I didn't even plan out. Same with you know, deciding to leave Canada after I finished my PhD wasn't something I made a conscious decision about. It was like, it's happening. Mm -hmm. You just, the longer I stayed in Canada, the more like suffocated I felt. And I didn't understand what that was about. I just had a knowing Mm -hmm. I cannot stay here anymore. My time here is done and I need to move to Australia. So it was just a knowing. Um, And then again, 
in the in the lab doing the research stuff, um, I nearly destroyed my relationship with my husband. I was fed up being a mom. I was just not enjoying anything. And I was a competitive squash player, but I slowly over time stopped having the energy to do that. Like my head wasn't communicating with my feet. So I'd want to lunge one way and there would be this huge delay before something out of whack in my life. And I finally had to make a decision about a big change. But again, it wasn't like an, a change that I knew about. Like, this is the obvious thing to change to. I didn't have a thing to change to. You're a scientist. You can only be a scientist or go on and do specific other roles in industry or biotech or whatever. And they didn't appeal to me. So it's like, you just have to give it up and see what happens. And um, yeah, but that was not logical. Everyone thought I was crazy. It was opposite to logic. It was just feeling-based, knowing-based. And I really want to make a point too in that you following your logical side, it got you, you know, you had an amazing journey, learned lots of lessons through your previous, you know, job role. But following your intuition and your gut instincts has allowed you to really you know, connect to yourself. But again, I, I want to stress the fact that it wasn't easy, was it? Like your journey wasn't easy to get to where you were today. On your intuition doesn't always mean ease and fly to start with. It means discomfort. It means awkward. It means heavy sometimes because we have to break through those barriers and the changes and our limiting beliefs and the social structure, all that kind of stuff. But for you, you can really see from where you were to now by following your intuition, your gut instincts and your knowing that now it's allowed you to allowed you to have a much richer life, talking your truth, being truthful to who you are and doing what brings you joy in your life. Yeah. And for a while, science did bring me joy, but it was a it was done in a different way because it was about risk. It was about exploring the mysteries. And then when I switched fields, it was like, there's no risk allowed. There's no mystery. Yeah. There's no, let's no having chats about philosophy. No, 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 just get this done. Mm-hmm. So it sucked the joyful things out of the science. So that pursuit of, uh, you know, um, understanding the mysteries out. So I needed to find my, I had to fulfill my like, uh, my inner mystic's needs through becoming a mystic, really, <laughs> which is what I was trying to do all along, just not knowing. Um, but yeah, I, there's been lots of tears. There's been lots of screaming rage. There's been pounding, you know, punching walls, pounding pillows, you know, just letting everyone have it in my path. So it's, it's hard. It's kind of like, you know, you think about the stages of development of a uh, butterfly. You know, they start off as this little embryo and become this crawling maggoty larva thing and it goes through some phases and then it pupates and it and it gets you know totally um squeezed in this little pupil case and it's there and all of its insides disintegrate into nothingness except for the few groups of cells that will become the adult body parts so to go through this disintegration process i can imagine it's not pleasant Mm -hmm. and then you're finally ready to emerge, but you still have to bust through this cocoon, which is a huge struggle. And if you don't do it, if you don't struggle, if you're not squeezing yourself through it, you're not going to fly on the other end when you get out. So that struggle is super important. So it's all the parts can be really painful, but you know, there's a, you know, a a light at the end of it. You know that there's, you're free, you emerge as more of yourself and, and you go through this over and over and over in life. So it's learning to recognize, oh, I'm in the, I'm disintegrating right now. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> and being able to identify it kind of brings some relief. Like, oh, this is normal. This is, this is the phase I'm at. Okay. I know it. <laughs> That's amazing. And how you've, you've really given it, you know, a really amazing analogy to connect with, you know what I mean? So we can not only hear what you're saying, but we can really see it in nature as well. And, you know, we mimic nature um, a, a lot, you know, in, in our ways and acting, but, what I find really interesting is that, you know, last year, especially I was pushing so hard, you know, I lost myself. It was nearly to the point where I was going to give up because I thought this is hard. This is not right. And I, I've got to that point where um, that disintegrating, I was losing myself. I was coming apart at the seams and it just took a few, like it was my own epiphanies. It was my own journey yes, connecting with other people and getting, you know, um, guidance as well, because guidance and um, having a mentor is amazing. Mm. It took me to really come back to what it is that I was wanting. What is it that my, for me, is my soul connection and what my life journey is about, you know, my soul purpose. And the desire was too much to give up on. So I worked through a lot of crap, a lot of heavy, Mm. heavy stuff and I didn't want to give up, but I think that's that breaking point of where you've now you're in that cocoon, you're dis- disintegrating, you know, disintegrating, and then you're re-emerging. And this new year, like I know last year was, you know, the end of the nine cycle, and this year it's just been a different energy. And as soon as I allow myself to really connect to what it is I want, what I feel drawn to, the mm. flow and the ease and the abundance has just been phenomenal I've never experienced like like this in my life before and I know I'm a few steps behind um not behind but you know in the journey to where you are today but I can feel that what you're saying I can really resonate with it in myself and I feel that anyone in that journey where they're disintegrating where they're they're just you know falling apart no it's part of the journey and that all it takes is that belief and that faith and that surrendering isn't it it is the faith. And I didn't know what faith was until I started on my spiritual path. And I have a guru and, you know, she's, she is the model for what it's like to live a joyful and a life where you can just wake up and be in bliss and spend your whole day in bliss, go to bed, go to sleep and go through that cycle again. Doesn't mean you're never going to feel anything. You feel everything, but you don't live in there. You live in bliss. So you experience that from a place of bliss or you know that bliss is there. So it's like, that's what I want. That's what I'm heading for. So I have that great model and learning how. Well, how do you get there? So you can't surrender without the faith that you're going to be okay on the other end, that I'm being held, I'm being supported by visible and invisible forces and supports. Um, But that requires a lot of trust and faith. And the more you do that, the more you start to buy into that process, like, ah, okay, I can do it. I can do this. I've been there. doesn't mean the process gets easier. Well, what I've also discovered is as you go on, you know, you go deeper into, into who you are and you just discover a lot more things and you're tested. It feels a lot harder, but because you've passed the previous test, you've acquired all these skills to get you there. So you have these skills now that will help you with the next challenge. And um, sometimes these challenges are like, I can't believe this is happening in life. This I couldn't even write this stuff, but it's just, it's just, you're being tested to discover who you are, what you're made of and um, the hidden talents that you get to go, Oh, I'm going to use that now. Didn't know I had it, but here it is. 
And then you can apply that and you could share that. You become a model for so many other people mm-hmm. who need that. So that butterfly metaphor, I remember when my, my teacher, she shared that about a different concept, but that's something that you just transmit and people get it right away. So what I've also learned is that we can describe these kind of processes and go, and it was this ancestor and this past life and this stuff, but it's not relatable because it's something out there beyond me or but before I came to being incarnated. It's not about me where I am right now. So the trick is for me to be able to tune into that metaphor that describes what that's about for, to the other person. So they get it. They get, ah, this is what that's about. And it brings some ease and it might help with that faith or that surrender process because we can talk about it a whole lot, but it, it's about embodying that and then transmitting that through very simple language. And um, that makes a difference for someone else. So that's, I think I meandered there, but that's, I guess, the point. Yeah, it, is. <laughs> it is. And you could go on about it for a very long time if you wanted to because it doesn't end, does it? You know what I mean? That whole process and all of it. And I guess with our, with our call today um, and this conversation, um, you know, what you're bringing through is this sort of like, you know, a, a comfort in that you can do this, that yes, you know, you can change completely from one, one stream of life, especially if you're, you know, doing um, logical in your head stuff all the time, mm-hmm. finding your journey and allowing yourself to evolve to be feeling, which is intuitive as well. It naturally comes when you start feeling, mm-hmm. you get that intuitive, intuitiveness as well. Yeah. And yeah. What I'm, I'm, I guess some people who might, um, especially um, who come across this, they're like, but, you know, you had to, you know, you're spiritual and all this kind of thing. I don't know where to start. I don't know, you know, the analogies. I don't know everything. I don't know, you know, the terms and all that kind of stuff. But it's not, isn't it? It's just all about really connecting to yourself and allowing that faith to grow. It's living. It's all about living. I can't say I'm spiritual because I'm a person embodying teachings that I've learned that come from uh, spiritual traditions that you find in all religions, but it's the application of it. It's the implementation of it as a practice in your life. That's what changes you. Knowledge will never change us. It doesn't change our consciousness. We can only experience that change through specific kinds of learning and then the application. And then we review well, what happened. What was the effect of that uh, that, that practice I implemented, where am I now? And it's a constant kind of evaluation or reflection so that we can go, ah, look at how much I've changed. Because I guess in a business world or, you know, where you're trying to bring your stuff out in the world, you're always setting goals. But if we're only looking at achieving goals and not looking at the process we went through to get us there, we're missing the point. Mm-hmm. The goal is just the 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 anchor to get us to that place, but what happened to us as a result? So it's the test that we put ourselves through um, to get to that goal. And by the time you achieve the goal, it's like, eh. So that's why I think there's always an issue around like an overachieving because Mm. we're never going to feel like we've achieved enough because Mm. we're always reaching or striving for that thing and forgetting the actual juice of the process, the actual stuff that you can share with people and they get it because they don't get the goal. The goal, that's nice. But what about you? What did you go through? How did you know? What did you feel? Did you get scared? You know, those are the things we want to know. But thank you so much for sharing because 
it really, you know, it can be so overwhelming as well in starting the spirituality, including into your life, you know, faith, all that kind of stuff. But also now that what you've just talked about is, I again, I resonate with everything you say. You're an amazing woman and you just bring so much knowledge and experience to the table. But it's that thing of we need to reach here and we forget the journey because I will feel good when. I will be better when. But that's not that's not life. You forget about this. And this journey is going to allow you, if you experience and you live it and you enjoy the process or even just listen to the process and let yourself ex- be, I think, you know, you know, just be involved in that. This, like you said, when you get to this point, it just becomes part of you again. It's not like, oh, I've hit this point, you know, and now, now I need to go to the next one. Let you yeah. appreciate it and you go, yes, but... I really enjoyed that whole journey. I learned so much, you know what I mean? And I think to, I've really changed that of having goals, boom, 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 because I put too much pressure on myself and I, I thought too much about it. And when I allowed something I want into my life, like I say, I want this, I allow myself to intuitively every day make choices to come to that point. And yeah. I feel so much more connected than that. And having these goals I have to achieve because I'm allowing myself to enjoy that journey and that goal is just part of my journey. It's not the end all or be all or then the next stepping stone. That's right. It's just the points or the, the hallmarks along the way uh, on, the, on the road. So it's like, ah, oh, okay, I got to that point. Now, you know, I have to continue. But I also see goals as something outside of me mm-hmm. versus the embodiment of what, um, you know, the, the journey or the things that I had to do to get to that goal mm-hmm. and, um, or to get to that thing. But again, it's not about the thing. And um, it's so easy to forget that. And we just, I see this all the time where people are just the not enoughness. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, when will you ever be enough? When? Mm-hmm. Why can't you just see yourself as enough right now? Mm-hmm. And from that place that I'm enough right now, I am successful enough right now. I'm all that I need right now. So why can't we just rest there? What is it about life or experience that makes us continually strive? And I think it's part of the survival that we need to get there in order to feel like relief that we can breathe. And imagine what that does to our lungs and to our breathing in general. <laughs> we're holding our breath until we get to that stage. And then where are we drawing our energy? Well, we might draw them from artificial things or from other people or from things that are not long lasting or as natural. So there's implications for just wanting to achieve that one goal on your whole mind, body, spirit. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that connection as well. And it's so true. And it is a message that needs to get out there because we need to understand there's just not a seven step process that's going to fit all. This is about tuning in and what this one, what you find is right for you because you know, this process might have worked well for one person, but that's because they followed their intuition. They followed their knowing. They, they were following what was good for them to create this program that worked well in their lives. And they love that and they're sharing that and that's yeah. great. And you might get tips and hints with it, but it's their program. You know what I mean? Like you need to still, you know, you can learn from others definitely and have mentors, but still finding your flavor, finding your uniqueness, finding your way in your journey, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, and I think my friend wrapped this, summed this up beautifully when she said, we are, each have our own portfolio. 
So, you know, at the beginning we're born and without even knowing this, we get this like file that has like, these are the things that you're going to be doing. These are your assignments. And this is going to be the big kind of issue that you're going to contend with in your life. And rather than seeing as issue, it's going to become your greatest mm -hmm. like savior strength. And, you know, it's not just about the feel good parts of life. It's about recognizing how that crazy, shitty, challenging moment mm -hmm. or time pushed you to discover more of your greatness that you'd be so thankful for that. So we see that so often with relationships, you know, there's so many enemies or people who've upset us that <clears throat> we hold a grudge, we can't trust and it affects how we are with other people. But if we can go back and go, well, what did I learn from that person? Or what is what are these people still teaching me about myself that we could start to become grateful and, you know, just like at peace. And I think, that's when spirituality really comes in handy because it's about not about how we feel good. It's about looking at the things that really shit us, you know, that create mm -hmm. conflict. How do we deal with conflict and how do we grow from conflict? Because we discover more about our own selves only through conflict. Mm -hmm. And um, so then it's like, Oh, just have faith. But what the hell does that look like in life? Mm -hmm. How does that look like to me? How do I apply that? What, what is, what do I do with that? if I haven't had faith before or if I have trust issues or if I'm not so disciplined, like, you know, we need to take those little steps on helping with those intangibles. And then that enriches life so much more than that goal or that thing. So, and it's a slower process. You know, I think about the process of a rose coming from a bud into like, you know, blossoming. It doesn't happen over night so it's a huge process and if you try to force it you'll wreck the whole thing mm -hmm. so it's that's life it's like a slow cooked life and so you don't get your portfolio and bang you're off and running maybe the, that applies to a few people where they're just so clear on their mission from a young age and they just go for it that's rare i think your my mission didn't become clear until i was you know last year and i'm 41 so but i could see how everything i went through in my life has come together so beautifully to be this what I'm doing now but I could and I could not have planned it I, could, I would not have saw it coming that was not something ever on my radar and I think there's a lot of pressure on everyone to just like know your why know your purpose live your purpose sell your purpose sell your message when we don't even know that yet it's some people are like the slow cookers or the slow burners some are the really fast accelerated doesn't mean they're better or greater or wiser it's just everyone has their own portfolio and we get to we get to it we get to go deeper in the file when it's time you know on a need to know basis so helps to be patient for this whole process <laughs> and it, it definitely can be a, a challenging challenging lesson mm. to learn patience and i know uh, oh, but it is it's worthwhile <laughs> in the end isn't it like you know allowing things to happen but I think you go all through those lessons to get to that point where you're like yeah you know I understand all that because sometimes when you're in the midst of it you can't feel that you know you just mm. everything is just everywhere um mm. and so I really you've just given us so much so much already and I want to ask you now Nat like what it is why are you passionate about what you're doing? You know, like why is it that you've brought it and created it into a business? Mm, good question. So again, it was like something that snuck up on me, but I always, if I could go look back at a theme, a common thing along in my life, I've always been 
such an advocate for everyone to just be powerful in their life, even though I was feeling so not powerful, so lost. It helped me kind of forget myself for a minute to just go, you know, I was, it's, it's always been easy for me to see what's going on for someone without them sharing what's going on for them. I would just intuit that. I would just know. And people would be like, how do you know that? Like, I don't know. That's just, I just know. And then I'd be like their cheerleader. Come on, everyone. You don't have to be stuck in a lab if you hate it. You can you have choices. And then I would find myself always just expending all my energy, boosting people up, making them feel good. And then I'd just be flat after. I'd feel good for a little while that I'd be like, oh my God. And um, then I realized, well, there needs to be a better way of doing this that doesn't push my viewpoint on people because they're not ready yet, but I am. Mm -hmm. So I need to learn how to manage my energy. And so that's always been a passion about feeling empowered, being becoming empowered and managing my own energy. So I'm not sending it out to different people into different times, into different priorities that aren't my priorities. Um, and I guess that was like the theme throughout. And then I learned, I started training in, in Shanti Mission and it taught specific tools about how to manage your own energy, how to preserve it, how to transmit it without using your own and how to help people with their own empowerment. So there's lots of rules of life or there's kind of tricks and you can apply them in ways, in situations to feel better about yourself and to feel more powerful and to be assertive and not use up your energy because you want people to like you or whatever the reasons are. So I would always observe people giving their power away to people or just making decisions that pleased others because they were so insecure. And it doesn't mean I was so secure, but I was watching this all around me my whole life. So I think that just at some stage made me go, well, who are the powerless who are the ones who are not using their power in a way to really be effective in their work. So that's led me into the health field and notice observing, observing doctors, nurses, and, thing, and all those different professionals in the system they're in wanting to do amazing work and not always being able to. And so I had a great a time observing oncologists um, with pediatrics of uh, children receiving cancer treatment. And I just, it was that one day was probably the most educational day I had in like five years of doing a postdoc research and I was like these these people are amazing but who's looking after them mm -hmm. so that's kind of what sparked this kind of mission and then I ended up in another hospital doing something completely disconnected to patients but opportunities to observe health practitioners and health practitioners with families and and then just you know things started to kind of weave together and so it's now like helping health practitioners be powerful in their work, but sharing power, that they don't overpower, they don't abuse power, misuse power, because they don't feel good about themselves. They're just used to it. But it doesn't mean that they feel great about it. So, and the patients don't enjoy that, but they're used to being in this kind of passive place compared to the authority figure. So we want to help equalize or not even equal, but help people share power so that the patient can share where they're at and what they know and their strengths and the the doctors, nurses, genetic counselors, whoever, healers, psychologists, naturopaths can work together. I'm all about this partnership thing. And um, so that's kind of been this journey. And it's still going. I don't know what, what it's going to turn into, but it, you know, it's exciting. It feels big. And, you know, that just happens to be my, my portfolio. But it didn't come through, I had an illness or I had this massive challenge or a huge breakup. It's been a very quiet, 
life. So I've had to be very patient going, well, when is this thing going to happen to me that's going to push me into this mission or this big thing? Well, that hasn't happened. So it's just, you know, it's been a slow, slow growth and just unfolding very gracefully with lots of hard times, but not trauma times. It's been really that. So I think a message is you don't always need to have this traumatic or dramatic life in order to fulfill or live a, a mission or birth the mission. Sometimes it's just you've been prepared. You've been preparing and training your whole life. You just didn't know what you were training for, <laughs> but it's been a marathon and it's still going. Well, yeah. like I, I know we've talked before, but hearing you really like get into what you're doing and why you're doing it, it really um, connects again with something within me. Like I had a little, my youngest daughter, she was quite ill and, um, you know, from nine weeks onwards, you know, like it was, it was really traumatic. And the thing is the conventional doctors were forcing me and saying, you need to do this, this and this, you know, they weren't asking, they weren't talking. And I just want to share like for me, what you're doing is going to help not only create balance, but a partnership kind of thing, you know what I mean? Whereas that, that's those questions get to us. So what I'm trying to say is like, so with Brooke, she was really sick and doctors were trying to force me into um, a form of treatment that was for me, I researched and I'm a researcher and I, you know, I checked out all the details. I checked out all the alternatives. Mm -hmm. I did, you know, check the case studies, all this kind of stuff. And I came back and I said, no. And my doctor looked at me like I didn't know what I was talking about. And I, you know, he's, mm. doctor, he's the authoritative, you know, he knows all. And I'm like, mm. I'm a mum and I know inside myself that this is not okay. And I've gone and done the research. I'm not just saying no for no reason. I've done yeah. my research and I want to talk to you about it. No. And mm. I'm really lucky that I came across a pediatrician who was willing to talk to me about it on a level, you know, on an equal level where she brought mm. her her knowledge to the table and allowed me to speak and ask questions and all that kind of stuff. And we were able mm. to come to a, a way where I could feel good about what was happening, you know, and I was yeah. able to use different alternative therapies in conjunction with her care. Do you know what I mean? Like if what you were doing mm. is astronomically huge in the, in the change of, when you have a teacher or someone in authority figure who they will not listen because they know better mm. than everyone else, they've stopped learning. They've stopped communicating as well. And when you, when you are allowing and showing and guiding people to, especially, um, you know, doctors and people in that kind of position to be able to come back and step back a bit and communicate and talk and let go of that power so much Mm. You get a, such a better overall, um, you know, treatment. You get a better, you, you have a um, patient that is more happy and whole inside themselves. And mm. then the, also too, that, that connectedness, that, that relationship then becomes nurturing for both, doesn't it? Totally, because you're both there to benefit from that relationship. It's a therapeutic relationship, but it's not just therapeutic for the patient. It's therapeutic for the doctor too, or the healer, or whoever is involved, because you're, you've come together to fulfill a purpose, to go through a process together. Maybe we think you have that role, therefore you should know, and I'm the helpless patient, but that's not what it's about. That's an expectation, or that's just an, um, uh, an assumption. 
that that's the part we're going to play, but we don't have to play those roles. And we can, as health practitioners can help empower someone to become uh, more decisive in their life or to have a greater responsibility for their health or whatever it is. But that takes some skill training and the patient also has to go, well, this doctor looks like they're having a bad day. What can I do to help myself get a better experience? So we have to, we each have a responsibility in this partnership to create the situation or the experience that we want to have. And just like any practitioner, we're going to meet those that we don't, connect with and we're going to meet those we do so it's not just about i'm going to stick with the first doctor that i see i'm going to check check it out like what you did and you found someone because you were empowered you did your research you made an informed no Mm -hmm. and you trusted your intuition because this doesn't feel right and i know my daughter and i know Mm -hmm. you just know and there isn't this evidence-based thing around the knowing but that's no one's going to get past the mama who says no there's no way (laughs) nice to Go for it, go for it and try, but you, you're not, you're going to regret it. So, um, yeah. So, but it's not just like in the conventional, it's also in the complementary yes. professions as well. It's, yes. it's everywhere. So everyone, we all need to be here for the other and know that we're going to learn and whatever we're going to experience with the other is going to help us or benefit us or teach us in some way. And so we always have to be open to learning. And so the foundation of all of this that we talk about is empathy. And that's kind of, that's what I'm, that's what I'm, my thing, empathy. And um, helping people not just understand what the word means, but it's a skill and how to use that skill. But it's also an innate quality, how to open that up. Because when we've opened up too much, sometimes we've overused it and it's been detrimental, which is why we encounter practitioners or lawyers or police people who are, not there's no emotion because they can't handle more than that they don't want to get um connected and in order for any therapeutic relationship to work at all for healing to happen anyway we need trust fundamental to any relationship is trust without it the healing can't happen the connection doesn't happen so it's just two people talking about this child very disconnected very distanced and there's no place for that higher guidance or that in intuitive voice to come in and play its part because it's part of it Mm -hmm. we can't just be logical that we're also feeling intuitive people everyone is so we need to create the the conditions for that to come in so that's pretty much what i'm helping to do and um yeah and you found that you made that happen and how much more empowered did you feel when you followed that up you found that pediatrician and i'm assuming your daughter's doing well She's shining like the sun. She's fabulous. Amazing. You see? Yeah. But imagine if you stuck with that first doctor. Mm. And this is the other thing. This is the other thing that we need to understand about our negative encounters. Sometimes when we're very sure about something because we've researched, we've done all that data collection, and then we've a- analyzed it, made our decision, and then we present it, our evidence and our argument to someone, and they go, no. Sometimes that's a sign. It's like you're on the right path. Just keep going. They're just not the one for you. Yes. So we can't just take the negatives as like shut down. Just go, you're not the right one. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to go. That's not the path to go. I'm going to find, get to the other path. And your knowing will get you where you need to be. When you're ready for that right teacher, the teacher will come. Whether it's in your spiritual training or development, whether it's for your health, whether it's for education, whether it's for a gardener, like whatever. It's just a readiness and the vibration that you're at. If you're sitting in desperation, 
then you're going to find people that support your desperation and don't get rid of the desperation. You just still feel desperate. But if we can get ourselves into a more peaceful, empowered place, then we attract at that level. We go shopping in the peaceful, empowered shopping mall and we find the practitioners who will help us with that <laughs> versus the desperation shopping center where, you know, we don't want to be shopping there necessarily. <laughs> so, um, and yeah, it's a journey, isn't it? It is. And I'm just so grateful uh, on behalf of the universe for you doing this because it's not really been done. You know what I mean? There's, it, there's such a shift happening and you're allowing this shift to take place. And I know it might take a little while for it to, you know, to be felt, but you're doing it. Yeah. it. It does, especially for you to connect to these kind of people, you need to have the research. You need to have all these systems into place that they can see that it's not just woo-woo. You know what I mean? Yeah. And none of it's woo-woo. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But I'm not talking aliens. I'm not talking angels. It's just living and yeah. life and very grounded and practical and relatable. So we have to apply the logic, but we also have to feel what's going on in the moment where the energy's going and what's needed. What is the thing that needs to be expressed in that moment? Sometimes it's naming, naming up that discomfort and it's like a big relief in the room or it opens up a line of inquiry around something else that's been going on so that we can expose what the needs are and then work with that. And, you know, so we need the logic and analytical. We need the intuitive, but we also need that grounded relatability. So I could be studying for years in mystical stuff and Vedic practices, but I don't need to talk about that. It's not, it's not necessary. It just, just give what's necessary. And that took five ish, six years for me to finally get that. Cause I'd be like coming in up here when the person's over here and expecting them to come to where I am. Like, that's not going to work. <laughs> and same with some healers, you know, it's like, this is where we're at and I'm going to give this to you. And not just healers, but doctors, naturopaths, they use big language and they expect that the people will understand, but they're not checking in. Do you get what I'm saying? Am I being clear? What did you understand? Because we forgot where we've come from. Mm -hmm. We forgot our journey and the steps we took. So it's always good to come back to, where where we started and work from there and and tune into that time and then communicate with the person who is there and that way you're relatable and that way you can support what they need so yeah uh, just a little bit you're amazing you really oh you're amazing oh my god i love you so much you're amazing so <laughs> you you really gorgeous oh, i i can't tell you enough how I just think you really are just magnificent for this world. We really, really need someone like you. We need everyone in I this know, world to just yes, we do. do. We do, we do. But um, I'm talking to you today and you, <laughs> I get to tell you that the world is just so great, you know, so lucky and so, so wonderfully uh, abundant in having you in doing this because it is definitely something that is, you know, needing to happen. The shift is needing to take place. Now, where can people find you? Where can they connect, 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 connect with you? Connect, <laughs> connect, connect with me. That's a new word. Um, yes. Well, I'm developing my website right now. I've got a Facebook page called Dr. Natalie Martinek. Um, and I have a LinkedIn page, but LinkedIn's kind of boring. Yeah. And um, I'm based in Melbourne and I'm, I work at the Urban Alchemist on Mondays, seeing clients one-on-one. -on -one. I teach workshops out of here, teaching people about how to 
get tuned in with their energy body and, and learn healing techniques that they can apply on themselves, their children, their pets, their dying plants, their projects, their things that they're putting out there that don't seem to be working and tuning into what's going on there and um, learning about relationships and the things that we get to draw out from people when we need to work on that stuff in ourselves because the conflict out there is some conflict in here. So rather than going blame, blame, we can become empowered and take the responsibility that we need in the action that is most likely to promote peace and love. Um, yeah, so Urban Alchemist, Dr. Natalie Martinek, those are the best places to find me. Awesome. And what would your session um, entail, I guess, if someone was wanting to see you and connect? Yeah, so I use Ignite Your Spirit Therapy, which is the modality that I've trained in within Shanti Mission, and it was developed by my teacher, Shakti Durga. And it's kind of like an all-in-one. We recognize that you're more than just your physical body, that the bigger part of you is your soul and the divine or the universe expressing as you. And so we need to address those different aspects of you, but we don't go through this like, let's check here, let's check here. It's all simultaneous because healing happens from the soul. So we need to bring more, where, where's the block in your life that's playing out emotionally or energetically or in your relationship that we need to bring that back in, more of that into your being. So it's basically recognizing where you're at in your life right now, in your soul's journey and helping you align all your actions, your energy, your mind, your unconscious mind towards your soul's desire, your soul's blueprint. Because when we lived in alignment with our higher self or our soul's destiny, then everything seems to kind of come together very more easily or with less strain. And so yeah. they basically, it's a non-touch, it's a conversation and then energy healing looking at the energy body because it has all the information right there. We wear our personalities. We wear everything on our energy bodies. So I just read that and um, go where we need to go right at the core. Wonderful. Yeah. I want one. I wish you were in here. I wish we were closer. <laughs> do it online. Well, if we I do them online because it's not touch. So well, energy, right? Yeah. Energy knows no boundaries. Yeah, well, definitely. So it's online. Sure. I'm going to book in with you. Yeah. Sounds amazing. And I love learning Yay. and experiencing new, you know, new ways of connecting and, you know, reading our bodies and energy. So, wow, that's wonderful. I give homework too. Oh. I don't let you walk out without homework because it's one thing to have your experience. It's like, well, now how do I keep that energy or that consciousness, yeah. that change in place? What do I need to implement? So there could be specific spiritual practices or energy technique or communication, you know, skill. <laughs> Um, yeah, just dependent on what's needed, grounding skills or um, different exercises that build your spiritual muscle rather than your physical muscle or in addition to your physical muscle. So there's so many, we're so diverse and there's so many facets. So we need to kind of attack ourselves from different prongs and angles. And again, with any practitioner, there's no one size fits all. Like what you did, you just find the consultants who work with you, but you're the one in power. You're, it's about you and your health. So everyone consultant, they're on your team. So it's remembering that too. Awesome. That is fantastic. And I like what you said because I find if I go somewhere and I have a reading or I get an energy healing, that's it. You're like, oh, that was nice. And then you go back to, you know, being how you were. So yeah. having something to integrate, to make a change in your life once you've had mm -hmm. a session, a healing session, I think that's just perfect because I know I always 
find more, even though it's like, oh, I have to do this, but it's not. It's I want to do this because I want to make that change. I want mm. to experience more. Or that's why I went to the healing to the first place because I want yes, you know, more. Yes, because it's ongoing. So it's not a one-off. Sometimes things happen and it's like you only need to come to that one because that massive long 10-year history of that thing clears up. But then you're like, well, there's always going to be something else. There's always a part of our life that needs attention. Sometimes <laughs> we don't know what that is. So that's what I'll be like, this part of your life needs attention. So yeah. let's go there. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's ongoing. It's like going to the gym or yoga. You can't, if you stop yoga for a while, it's to get back on that horse again, your muscles are going to ache again. You're going to, but you'll be like, oh, I remember what this was like. I remember why I liked it. It feels good. So it's the same thing <laughs> with healing work. Oh. So it's maintenance. Yeah. <laughs> all righty. So what we're going to do is put all your links and everything uh, with the uh, video. When it goes to YouTube, it's going to be online conversation website. It's going to be on my Earth Radiance website. It'll be on my Facebook page, Lightworker Facebook wow. page. Then um, Nat Natalie will um, put it on her Facebook page too. So we'll have links everywhere. So make sure this spread and you you know you get your word out there as well because you're what you have to share with the world is phenomenal and i thank you so much for today thank you so much being here for sharing for giving so much of yourself and your knowledge in this conversation so thank you so much Ah, thank you. You're gorgeous. And I love what you're doing. These are really important conversations you're having with people because how else will we discover everyone's talents and abilities and their messages and the things that they want to bring in the world. So thank you. Thanks, Matt. All right. All right, everyone. So thanks for tuning in. And I look forward to um, meeting and talking to you next time. We will be having a Q&A, uh, which we'll, we'll have the dates and everything um, posted later on. So have a wonderful week and we'll talk to you later. Bye.